Good morning, people of God. This is Apostle Shirley Evans this morning, October 11th, 2020. Today is Sunday. We will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. And the time is 9.42 a.m. Sunday, October 11th, 2020. I pray that when you get the this message, today's message, it will find you in perfect peace once your mind is being stayed on God. I pray that it find you in health and joy and with the love pouring out of you to others. And Father, in the name of Jesus, here I am again this morning as your vessel. You've given me this voice. Help me, Lord, to not take it lightly because there's a lot of people. There's no more voice. Their voices are silent in death. I pray that everyone that gets this message would reflect of the kindness and goodness of God, that he's given them that voice to bring glory to you, to proclaim your word, to speak good and not evil. Help me, Lord God. As I go on this journey every day, doing your will. Help me to continue to have a hunger and thirst after righteousness. In the name of Jesus. Fill me to overflowing with your love, your grace, and your mercy. Let me see through your eyes in the name of Jesus. And let my Air, be sensitive to your voice. Father, I apply the blood of Jesus over these words that are going to be spoken today. The Lord rebuke you, Satan, over these words, these words that will, I pray that it will penetrate the heart of the hearers and they will apply it. In the name of Jesus. And Lord, you've always given us songs and and scriptures. So Holy Spirit, this morning, uh, you want to prepare our hearts. We would like to see you face to face. Purify our hearts in moments like these. Let us sing out a song. Let us sing out a love song to Jesus. Because you are beautiful. You are wonderful. You're the Prince of Peace. You're mighty God. You're the everlasting Father. You're the soon coming King. And we love you. So here we go with our songs. We will ring our bell. 
But before I go with the songs, this morning I saw something coming on my phone and it says, we're not stuck at home. We are safe at home. When we change our thinking, when we change our thinking, everything changes. The world is closed for renovation. Grand opening zone. I thank the individual who sent it and quickly the Holy Spirit gave me an answer. And the answer was, we are only safe at home, of course, when we have the Holy Spirit with us to protect us. Because even in our homes, thieves can break in. So we pray that he surrounds us with warring angels and ministering angels and he protects us. We can only change our thinking when the Holy Spirit has done a work in us to renovate our minds. We need our hearts to be renovated and so my prayer is that the right material is used to renovate the world. Right now, it means that it's infested. I pray that the right material is used to renovate it. The right material, which is righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Ghost. Peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's what the world need now. And the world need genuine love. The world need Jesus. I pray that when it opens up, it will open up with the greatest revival that we've ever experienced in our lifetime. And Jesus Christ will be Lord. And righteousness will move all over this this, 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 this world, that's the renovation that we need. Righteousness, joy, peace in the Holy Ghost. Righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Ghost. That's the kingdom of God. Don't you want to be a part of the kingdom? Don't you want to be a part of the kingdom? Don't you want to be a part of the kingdom? Come on, everybody. Joy, peace, peace, joy. Don't you want to be a part of the kingdom? Don't you want to be a part of the kingdom? Don't you want to be a part of the kingdom? Come on, everybody. So, yes, that's what we need. Righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Ghost to take over this world.
Don't you want to be a part of the kingdom? Don't you want to be a part of the kingdom? Don't you want to be a part of the kingdom? Come on, everybody. So all on this line and listening to these messages, God is preparing you to go out into the world with your light and the word of truth to bring them into the kingdom. Don't you want to be a part of the kingdom, laborers? Don't you want to go out to be a part of the kingdom? Don't you want to be a part of the kingdom? Don't you want to be a part of the kingdom? Don't you want to be a part of the kingdom? Come on, everybody. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And so, Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. Melt me, mold me, fill me, use me. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. Purify my heart, let it be as gold, pure gold. Purify my heart, let it be as gold, pure gold. Refine as fire, my heart's one desire is to be holy, set apart for you, dear master. I choose to be holy, set apart for you, dear master, ready to do your will. And we would like to see him face to face in all of his glory face to face what will it be when with rapture I behold him Jesus Christ who died for me face to face with Christ my Savior face to face what will it be when with rapture I behold him, Jesus Christ, who died for me? Only faintly now I see him with the darkening veil between. 
But a blessed day is coming when his glory shall be seen. What rejoicing in his presence when our banished grief and pain, when the crooked ways are straightened and the dark things shall be plain. Face to face, O oh blissful moment, face to face, to see and know, face to face with my Redeemer, Jesus Christ, who loves me so. Face to face shall I behold him far beyond the starry sky face to face in all his glory I shall see him by and by face to face with Christ could you imagine he is here, hallelujah. He is here, amen. He is here, holy, holy. I will bless his name again. He is here, listen closely. Hear him calling out your name. He is here, you can touch him. You will never be the same face to face with him. He is here, hallelujah. He is here, amen. He is here, holy, holy. I will bless his name again. He is here, listen closely. Hear him calling out your name. He is here. You can touch him. You will never be the same. In moments like these, I sing out a song. I sing out a love song to Jesus. In moments like these, I lift up my hands I lift up my hands to the Lord, singing, I love you, Lord, singing, I love you, Lord, singing, I love you. I love you. Isn't he beautiful? Isn't he beautiful? 
isn't he beautiful beautiful isn't he prince of peace son of god isn't he isn't he wonderful wonderful isn't he counselor almighty god isn't he isn't he isn't he isn't he wonderful wonderful isn't he counselor almighty god isn't he isn't he isn't he we're talking about god isn't he the merciful savior who came down to earth to give us salvation to save us to redeem us back to the father what mercy what love wonderful merciful savior precious redeemer and friend who would have thought that a lamb could rescue the souls of men oh you rescue the souls of men counselor comforter keeper spirit we long to embrace you offer hope when our hearts have hopelessly lost the way oh we hopelessly lost the way you are the one that we praise you are the one we adore you give the healing and grace our hearts always hunger for oh our hearts always hunger for almighty infinite father faithfully loving your here in our weakness you find us falling before your throne oh we're falling before your throne you are the one that we praise you are the one we adore you give the healing and grace our hearts always hunger for oh our hearts always hunger for you are the one that we praise you are the one we adore you give the healing and grace our hearts always hunger for oh our 
God's always hunger for. Yes, you are the one that we praise. You are the one we adore. You give the healing and grace our hearts always hunger for. You are the one we adore. And this morning, we have many scriptures. And we're going to speak about anointing the Lord. Loose the love again. He's still the lover of our soul. And now, we're going to speak about anointing the Lord. Not the Lord anointing us. We anointing him and we will find out what we are to anoint him with. I'm going to say something. He might laugh, but I hear the Holy Spirit saying, not with lard. Not with olive oil. Not with coconut oil. Not with pear oil. The real purified oil. And we will see what that is. Blessed be the name of the Lord Jesus. So our first scripture is Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4 to 6. And we'll read that. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4 to 6 says, But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ, by grace ye are saved, and hath raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. I will go straight on to the last verse 10. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his love, in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. I'm reading the scripture and I'm hearing the Holy Spirit say, tell them, some of them don't know anything about lard. You know about shortening. We're not going to shortcut God <laughs> by using the shortening to get the real oil, the real purified oil. The next scripture is from Luke chapter 7. Luke chapter 7. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord Most High. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord Most High. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they are safe. The righteous 
run into and they are safe. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Holy be the name of the Lord. Holy is the name of the Lord. Holy is the name of the Lord most high. Luke chapter 7. We're going to read verse 36 to 48. Luke 7, 36 to 48. And one of the Pharisees desired him that he would eat with him. And he went into the Pharisee's house and sat down to meet. And behold, a woman in the city which was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster of ointment and stood at his feet behind him weeping and began to wash his feet with tears and did wipe them with the hairs of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. Now when the Pharisees which had bidden him saw it, he spake within himself saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what manner of woman this is that toucheth him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answering said unto him, Simon, I have something to say unto thee. And he said, Master, say on. There was a certain creditor which had two debtors, the one owed five hundred pence and the other fifty. And when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him most? Simon answered and said, I suppose that he, to whom he forgave most. And he said unto him, Thou hast rightly judged. And he turned to the woman and said unto Simon, Seest thou this woman? I entered into thine house. Thou gavest me no water for my feet. But she hath washed my feet with tears and wiped them with the hairs of her head. Thou gavest me no kiss. But this woman, since the time I came in, had not ceased to kiss my feet. My head with oil thou didst not anoint, but this woman had anointed my feet with ointment. Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. And he said unto her, thy sins are forgiven. That's the word of the Lord that we just read. We are going to study today the anointing, we are anointing the Lord. We need to fall in love with God. Falling in love with Jesus. Falling in love with Jesus. Falling in love with Jesus. It's the best thing I'd ever, ever done. In his arms I feel protected. In his arms never disconnected. In his arms 
I feel protected. And that's the place we ought to be. In his arms, he will protect us. We fall in love with other people. And they often don't even know what real love is. Yet we fall in love with them. I spoke to someone the other day when they called and they, as far as they're concerned, they think they were thinking they're falling in love with someone who they never physically met. The smartphone, a lot of people gonna turn dumb falling in love with a face <laughs> and it's not real. We need to fall in love with Jesus, the true love. We fall in love with other people and they often don't even know what real love is. God is looking for someone who will fall in love with him. We to love him so much that we are glad just to be able to express our love. To fall in love with him as our savior is the first thing we ought to be able to do. When we think of someone who's going to die for us, won't you fall in love with him? Won't you realize how much he loves us? Nobody but nobody could have done for us what he did in raising us from the downhill. The downhill or the grave of life to be seated in heavenly places. We read Ephesians chapter 2 verse 6 about that. The pattern of worship which we talked about a few days ago. Where we come in the presence of God prepares us for the posture of worship. God wants to anoint him. God wants us to anoint him. We're talking about anointing the Lord. God wants us to anoint him. He wants us to pour honor upon him as a reflection of our love and relationship. You know, sometimes churches have, okay, we can have this day to honor so-and-so and maybe 10 or 12 people in the congregation are going to be honored and you know, you do all these accolades and get all these gifts and so forth and, and pour supposedly um, honor and love on them. He wants us to pour upon him as a reflection of our love and relationship. There are three postures of honor that we need to show him in order to experience him in his fullness. Jesus was anointed three times when he lived and walked among men. He was anointed as prophet, as priest, and as king. These anointings are symbolic of the three postures of worship because they represent three ways in which we are to approach and relate to God. With repentance, with service saturated in worship, and with a life committed to his lordship. We're going to discuss the posture. 
the posture of repentance. Luke chapter 7, verse 36 to 50. Luke 7, 36 to 50. Just now we read Luke 7, 36 to 48. I'm going to Luke 7. Verse 36, we read, but I'm going to read verse 50. For I'll read verse 49. Because we had stopped at verse 48 where he said, And he said unto her, Thy sins are forgiven. Verse 49 and 50. And they that sat at meat with him began to say within themselves, Who is this that forgiveth sins? also and he said to the woman thy faith had saved thee go in peace it reveals that our first posture should be one of repentance along with repentance comes thanksgiving for all he's done and for all he's forgiven us for doing this passage from luke 7 is the account of the very first anointing of Jesus. It is his anointing as prophet. Today, Jesus gives us the privilege of anointing him in the same way. When we anoint him, our posture tells him how we feel about him. Let's look very carefully at this passage we'll be just read. Because God wants us to know and understand his word. Look at verse 36. Then one of the Pharisees asked Jesus to eat with him. So he's welcoming him to his house for lunch. And he went to the Pharisee's house and sat down to eat. First, we have Jesus sitting in Simon, the Pharisee's house. I remember a few years ago, I went um, to Canada on a mission and I came back very drained and very tired. But as soon as I got back, the Holy Spirit said, I want you to call a church. I wouldn't call the name of the church. He said, I want you to call their prayer group and I want you to, to have them for breakfast. Breakfast, I'm tired. So, he said, and don't ask them to bring anything, just ask them to bring themselves. He said, I want a fellowship with them. I want to show them how much I love them. And so I did. I called and um, I think I was told that maybe it's going to be maybe seven of them. But the Holy Spirit said, no, I want you to prepare for 21. It's going to be more than seven. So... God blessed me with the stuff. I did all the stuff, everything. And so it was a feast for breakfast. And no, seven didn't come. It was almost 21. I think I made 21. And it was fellowshipping around the table. It was love. The Holy Spirit was just displaying his love. It, it, it was an, a beautiful experience. And then another time he told me to do that. Of course, I was tired. I didn't feel like doing it, but he said to do it. 
he wanted to display his love to the women because it was only women and so he displayed his love to them he poured his love to them in fellowship at the table i remember the second set that i invited um each time he never told me to use paper plates he used tell me to use what he had blessed me with china and the second said one of the ladies said oh my gosh we have in china well it's at his table because at his table he showers us with the best he shows off his love to us now what we're gonna we're gonna see what happens around this table here first we we have jesus sitting down in simon the pharisee's house at the pharisee's invitation simon is a doctor of the law and he has seen fit to invite all those who might be considered the who who's who of his day to have lunch with him in addition to them he has invited jesus to simon jesus was that galilean who was making a name for himself around town so you see what was in simon's heart okay you're making a name okay you mr this and mr that we're gonna we're gonna check you out today i've had ministers find my house to check me out to see if i was really genuine blessed be the name of the lord and the only reason where they find why they found out where i was because i was on assignment to the church little did they know i had to catch two jitneys to get there that's when i was stripped me and my daughter and they would see me about to walk away and i remember a man of god and his wife says oh, where are you going and i told them and they gave me a ride so on my mission to that church they were giving me a ride home so after three weeks they you know they knew where i lived but they never knew that i would leave the church i would come to church only drinking water because i had no food <laughs> i would watch them take the offer and all that and um we would leave out of there come home still no food <laughs> blessed be the name of the lord but still worshiping god that's worship whether you have or you don't you worship that's pure worship okay so one day up they turn up here and i let them in and the holy spirit said they come to spy on you <laughs> so when they came there was only one plastic chair in the front room one little plastic chair which could only seat one person so that's how much i was stripped but i had some hibiscus sitting on on my fireplace which i call my altar <laughs> so they were looking around as much as they spying me out blessed be the name of the lord when they left i say father forgive them for they know not what they do now i see what's happening here comes jesus that is that is that's for real that ain't no fake story i told you it's real 
And later on, this vessel had the minister to the head pastor to pray for him. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord Jesus. To Simon, Jesus was that Galilean who was making a name for himself around town. I imagine that Simon wanted to check him out to see if he was all that the people were saying about him. So he invited him to his house. Here's the trickery. <laughs> he, he wanted to spy him out. The custom in Palestinian days was that when someone came to your house, you treated him a certain way. First of all, you understood that he came bearing gifts. So you didn't treat him like a nobody because he had something you needed or wanted. Also, when you invited someone to your house in those days, you would always greet him at the door, give him a kiss of welcome. That's what happened when I went to Spain. I mean, I never saw so much kissing on each side of, 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 of the cheek. You'd wash, you'd wash their feet from the day's very journey. You would anoint their head with oil to refresh them and then allow and allow them to sit in what amounted to an easy chair. Well, the easy chair was one plastic chair in my house in a kind of laid back and relaxed atmosphere. On this particular day, Simon invited all of his friends and Jesus. The table is now set. Beautiful linen tablecloth with flowers and the best. Simon is enjoying the fellowship with his brethren talking about what men talk about, talking Pharisee talk. You could imagine what the Pharisees talk about. But as they are fellowshipping with each other over in a corner, there is someone who is being totally ignored. He is present and he has brought gifts with him, but nobody is paying any attention to him. The others are glad to see one another Let's use today's language. They probably were saying, I can imagine, I just could imagine them saying things like as they were men. Man, we had a great time at the service. They just came from church. I tell you, we got some choir, haven't we? Didn't pastor preach? Oh yes, he preached. Do you know who won the game last week? Who you think gonna win tomorrow? The time Jesus sits alone in the corner. Luke chapter seven verse thirty-seven says, "And behold, a woman in the city who was a sinner. When she knew that Jesus sat at the table, Jesus sat at the table, and she sat in the corner. When she knew that Jesus sat at the table in the Pharisee's house." She brought an alabaster box of fragrant oil. Then this woman of the city comes in with an alabaster box of fragrant oil that she has spent a lot of money for. The alabaster box holds the oil that represents the honor 
it represents the honor God wants us to give Jesus from our heart. Can I say that? The alabaster box holds the oil that represents the honor God wants us to give Jesus. Now, the other night I was sitting down and, and the Holy Spirit was giving me a revelation. He said, a lot of Christians, oh, blessed be the name of the Lord, the high men of their hearts has not been broken yet. I was like, what? He said, no. He said, the high men of their hearts have not been broken into yet. In other words, there has not been a penetration yet. He said that. I was like, what? He said, no. That's why I cannot get the pure worship. The high men of their hearts have not been broken in. They refuse to let me in. Oh gosh, I was like, oh my gosh, what a revelation. Ooh, the alabaster box holds the oil that represents the honor God wants us to give Jesus. Not just because he's present, but because he is worthy of our attention. Don't fight with Jesus. Let him break that box open. Break that box open. Break that box open. He is present, but because he is worthy of our attention, our immediate attention, before anything else, we have to show him the honor that is due him. And so, in she comes, bringing the alabaster box. And it is oil and perfume. Nobody let her and she just came in. She came in with the oil, sweet perfume, but she had saved up a whole year's salary for. I heard people talk about the alabaster box and order, but I never knew what it smelled like until a lady was very sick unto death and, and the Holy Spirit sent me to Jacksonville at the hospital to pray for her and call life back into her. They gave her 11 days more, 11 days to die. And after praying for her and calling life back to her and interceding for one week in that hospital, the woman did not die. God gave her three more years before he took her. But I remember her saying, Sister Evans, I don't have anything. I wish I had something to give you. And then she said, oh, she had gotten a box of alabaster oil from TBN. And she gave it to me. I thanked her for it. I never smelled it because it wasn't broken. 
and she gave it to me. And I think about three months later, I went by my bureau and I touched something and it fell and the box broke open. And that's when I smelled the sweet perfume, perfume, but it had to been broken open for the oil to pour out. Oh my God, a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart, God will not despise, pour it out. And so she comes, bringing an alabaster box. And it is the oil and perfume that she had saved of a whole year's salary for. Notice that she's not bringing something that did not cost her anything. Likewise, the praise and the honor that we bring to Jesus should come from a heart that says, Lord, not only are you worthy, but I am so unworthy, and yet here is my best. Here is my best. So the woman who gave me that, that was her best. Luke 7 and 38 says, she stood at his feet behind him weeping. And she began to wash his feet with her tears and wipe them with the hair of her head. This woman was a sinner, but she comes with a humble spirit that indicates, I know I'm messed up. I know I've done wrong, but this man is a prophet. I know enough about him to know that he is able to forgive and he is able to cleanse my sin. If I can just get to his feet and let him know how much I want forgiveness, I know I will receive mercy. My broken heart and my contrite spirit will get his attention because he resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. She comes in thinking about what she's done wrong. She doesn't come in high and puffed up with pride. She doesn't say, oh, I'm so glad I'm not like other people. We are to recognize our own sin. That's the first order. The first posture of worship. Because it is an attitude of gratitude a spirit of humility, a humble child will taste the grace of God. When we fall in love with the Lord, we are willing to anoint and worship him as a prophet. That means we're willing to worship him when we're broken and ashamed, even when we haven't done everything right. As we worship, we anoint him in our broken but loving condition. A broken heart and contrite spirit he will not despise. Psalm 51 and 17 says that. He expects us to humble ourselves and our hearts and to come to him saying, Lord Jesus, I know you're able to forgive sin. It's the same thing you had to do when you first came to him for salvation. When sinners first come to him, they have to anoint him as the prophet. They get down on their knees and they say, I'm not worthy. They don't come happy. They don't come glad. They don't come grinning, waving a banner 
or standing as they own the world? No. They come understanding that indeed the wages of sin is death. Jesus, I need you. And that we deserve death. But that the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. He is the only one who was offered for us. He is the one, the only one who can forgive us. This woman, she knocked at Simon's door. Simon and let her and she just came in. She was determined. And she did not apologize for who she was. She intruded. See, in those days, men felt that women shouldn't be fellowshipping with them. This woman knocked at Simon's door, came in, barged in. She didn't apologize for who she was. She intruded upon everything that was going on and did not even feel bad about the fact that the man did not want her to be there. In today's date, we'll say she was yaddy. Where'd she come from? You're supposed to have invitation, but no. Yaddy as you think she was, she touched Jesus. So she barred right in while everything was going on and did not even feel bad about the fact that the man did not want her to be there. There are probably some people who don't want you to get what God has for you either. But it really doesn't matter because no one can stop you. It really doesn't matter what you've done or haven't done. What sins you've committed through true repentance, you can receive forgiveness and get rid of those sins. First, get the attitude about sin that God has. Don't try to excuse it. See, God has an attitude about sin. He's telling you the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. So don't try to excuse it. Call it what it is. Don't be like the hypocrites or the religious people. You'd look at them and say, listen, God is showing me that you have diabetes. And this is what you need to. I'm going to pray for your healing. But in the natural, God is telling me to tell you this. They look at me and they say, I'm not claiming that. Okay. So don't claim it, but God wants to heal you. And he's given me a word of knowledge and then giving me wisdom as to tell you what to do. But you are so religious, you're not claiming it. You have to call it what it is. Call sin that it's sin. Then... If you're willing to forsake your sins and come to God, you will be forgiven. Even those of us who have been saved for years need God's forgiveness every day for things that we've said or thought. I need it every day. For our lack of faith and for things we've done or left undone. We never grow our need for his grace and mercy. 
That's why mo every day you hear me asking God for grace and mercy. We have to come into a place where our hearts are broken and our spirits are dependent upon him for forgiveness. Never outgrowing the need for forgiveness. Never getting too high to be penitent. That is the posture of worship. That is the attitude he wants us to have when we bow down before him. Bow down and worship him. Worship him. Oh, worship him. Bow down and worship him. Enter in. Oh, worship him. Consuming fire, sweet perfume is awesome. Presence fills this room. And so, his awesome presence fills the room when we bow down and worship him. The Bible says that the woman washes feet with her tears. In order to get that far down, we need to be prostrate, looking up to him from the ground. God doesn't want us to be looking at each other, but at him. When we want to gain his attention, he doesn't want us to be looking at our accomplishments. He wants us to see our shortcomings in the light of his mercy. He wants us to be glad that we have an opportunity just to bow before him and tell him, Lord, I thank you. And I'm sorry. Forgive me because I've come short of your glory. I want you to be refreshed by my worship. Even if nobody else wants to tell you how much he loves and appreciates you, I'm the one who's here to pour love and appreciation on you. I'm the one who's here to saturate you. That's what she was saying in her heart. I'm the one who's here to saturate you with love. I want your feet to be refreshed I realize that I'm not where I'm supposed to be because she wasn't supposed to be in there, but she came in. She pushed herself in. She made her way in. She not, was not going to give up because she wanted to pour her love on Jesus. I'm, I'm believing her heart. She was saying, I'm not yet all that I am called to be. I'm still growing. And I'm still faltering. I'm still making mistakes. I believe she was saying all that. But God, give me another chance. Lift me up and prepare me to be what you're calling me to be. God's word teaches us that we have to be able to give him our highest praise, even at our lowest point. We must give the Lord the glory that's due his name. Nothing is too good for him. You and I have to let him know that no matter what it takes, this is our desire. This is my desire to honor you. Doesn't matter what it takes. We want to be close to him. We want to be at his feet. We want to serve him. We all have glory to give God. 
In one place, the Bible says that a woman's glory is a hair. In this passage of Luke, we see that the woman wet Jesus' feet with her tears and dried them with her hair. She gave to Jesus out of her glory. We also have glory to give him, the glory that's due his name. Just as a woman poured out her tears on Jesus' feet, everybody ought to have a time of sorrow for sin, a time of repentance. Even when we are coming into the sanctuary, before we get to clapping and jumping and running, we should have a time when we sit and look at him and think about all the things in which we've come short of. We need to say, God, I need you all. I need you every hour. I need you, oh bless me now, my Savior, I come to thee. I need you to forgive me for my transgression. Psalm 51.10 says, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. God, I know I told somebody off the other day, or even today or even just now. And I know I got an attitude in the parking lot. I know I got an attitude at the food store, at the pharmacy. I know that I was rude to my sister and my brother. I know that I still haven't forgiven Jimmy or Gloria. I know that I'm worried. But God, right now, take my mind and my heart. Take my heart, conform it. Take my mind and my heart and help me to focus on who you are. If you have dealt with me according to my sins, I wouldn't be here. I want to thank you. I believe the, this woman was saying all this to Jesus. God, I want to thank you. Lord Jesus, thank you for giving me another chance. Another chance now. Forgive me and cleanse me, Lord. I begin, I believe that all this is pouring out of my heart. You see, when a sinner comes to him, I imagine the angels hold their breaths and they wait. They know that when a sinner's penitent heart is open before God, even if there are 99 other people who aren't in need of repentance, even if there is a whole group of people with him who are already saved, he still waits to hear the sinner cry. The sinner cries of, forgive me, Lord, save me save me and when the sinner cries out to him it's his favorite song of all it's a song of the redeemed because he has already shed his blood and he is able to forgive i believe this woman knew that jesus was a prophet of salvation she heard something someone must have told her she anointed him while the others were going about their business eating their steaks or their fish or whatever and talking having church or sitting at the table just bragging fellowshipping as usual going about life as usual she kissed his feet and anointed him anointed them the feet with the fragrant oil now when the pharisees who had invited him saw this he spoke to himself saying this man 
if he were a prophet, would know who and what man of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. But as you bow before the Lord and give him your heart of repentance, as everybody ought to, you need to understand that there are some folks who are going to look at you and they're going to say about Jesus. Now surely he couldn't possibly bless her. She's a sinner. She's a prostitute. Surely shouldn't surely she shouldn't be allowed to worship. Surely he shouldn't be allowed to sing. Surely she shouldn't be dancing like that. What do you know? Even if they know what you've done, they don't know where your heart is. Even more importantly, they don't know where Jesus' heart is toward you. While Simon is over there thinking in his heart that surely Jesus must know this woman is a sinner, the woman is receiving something that Simon missed. Simon is way over there on the other side of the room and he has the fellowship of his brethren, but she has a fellowship of Jesus. My, 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 my. They are there fellowshipping with one another. But she is fellowshipping with Jesus. Isn't that amazing? She has the attention of Jesus. You have to tell yourself, I've got to have his attention. I must have his attention. If it means I have to talk to him about what I did wrong, I've got to have his attention. If it means I have to tell him how much I love him and appreciate him for giving me, for forgiving me for things that others don't even know I've done, but he sees the heart. I've got to have his attention. I've got to know that my sins are forgiven. I believe that's what she was saying in her heart. While Simon is thinking in his heart that Jesus ought to know the woman is a sinner. Jesus has been waiting for this moment to teach as the master teacher while the woman is still kneeling. Jesus answered in Luke 7, 40-43, Jesus answered and said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. So he said, teacher, say it. There was a certain creditor who had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. And when they had nothing with which to repay, he freely forgave them both. Tell me, Simon, therefore, which of them will love him more? Simon answered and said, I suppose the one whom we forgave more. And he said to him, you have rightly judged. See, Jesus has a way of talking to those who would dare to talk about us. He has a way of putting things in their minds, reminding them of things that they themselves have done or neglected to do. And he does it so easily that he can shut the enemy's mouth even when we don't know what is being thought or said about us. In the scripture, Jesus did this merely by telling Simon a simple story. There was a man who had two debtors. Two people owed him money. One owed him a little bit 
and one owed him a lot, but neither one of them could pay. And none of us can pay for what we've done. There are some people who have not sinned as often as others, but we came into this world as sinners. But all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Everybody has done something wrong. All of us owe debts to God that we can't pay. And quite frankly, since we cannot pay, we are all at the mercy of the true and living God. Jesus said to Simon, the debtors couldn't pay. But do you know what? The man forgave both of them. Now, who do you think is for is going to love him the most? Even though the woman had come to Jesus for forgiveness, Simon was critical of her in his heart. Uh-huh, Jesus knows what's in your heart. However, when a sinner comes penitently before God, he closes the mouth of his adversary. Luke 7, 44 to 48 says, Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet, but she has washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head. You gave me no kiss, but this woman has not ceased to kiss my feet since the time I came in. You did not anoint my head with oil, but this woman has anointed my feet with fragrant oil. Therefore I say to you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. Then he said to her, your sins are forgiven. How much we love God often depends on how much we've been forgiven, or how much we realize we've forgiven. There are some goody, goody, goody people who say, I never drank, I never smoked, I never ran with women, I grew up in church, I was always a Sunday school teacher. And they go on and on and on, even though these people also have come short of the glory of God. They sit smugly with their hands and feet crossed because they really don't remember their sinfulness. But those who have come through hell and high water, those who have messed up over and over again, those who could talk about their sins, but don't want to talk about them because they would have to censor what they say. God says that they love much because they have been forgiven much. Now, this doesn't mean that you should go out and commit more sin so that you can love more. But it's often true that the more God has forgiven you, the more you think about what he has done and you realize that if it hadn't been for his intervention, you would have been gone. You realize that he should have cut you off, that you don't deserve anything at all, and therefore love him more. Are you someone who has many things to love God for? Are there many things that he has forgiven you for? Well, I am. God has forgiven me for many things. And every time I think about his forgiveness, I thank him and love him more. You need to know what God does for you. When you anoint him in a posture of repentance, he takes you and gives you beauty for ashes. Isaiah chapter 61, 3 says he gives us beauty for ashes. 
He takes off the sin. He takes away the guilt. He takes away the stain while you're anointing him. Somebody else may be looking at you funny. Yet while you are thanking him for his forgiveness, while you are thanking him for his blood, and while you are asking him to cleanse you, he's literally washing you, taking away all the stains and taking away all the guilt. So even if somebody else is looking at you funny, don't mind, you start to feel lighter. The burden is rolling away. As he takes the burden off you, he gives you beautiful ashes. He gives you the oil of joy for mourning. He gives you the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. He puts on you the coat of many colors, like Joseph. He covers you with his blood and righteousness. Therefore, even though people may start, they may start out looking at you as if you are strange. I've had that experience many times. Something happens as you're worshiping him. And as you are asking him for forgiveness, when you really, really get in that true worship, you will dance before the Lord. You'd wonder how come your feet is moving like that. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. They see that the more you worship, the better you look. God is able to beautify the humble with salvation. I don't care if you messed up last night. You need to get on your face and tell him, God, forgive me. Lord, I love you. You're worthy. I just want to bless you. If anybody else wants to bless you, well, here I am. If nobody else wants to bless you, well, here I am. I'm willing to give you the glory. Never mind what others say. Never mind what others are doing. As we worship him, he has a way of removing the burden and destroying the yoke that was upon us. Everybody messes up, but that is an excuse to run from him. He has made a way for us to be forgiven. You can come to him and be cleansed. Worship through it. Worship out from under it. Worship over the top of it, and the Lord will cleanse you. He will forgive. He's the only one who can forgive your sins. And when he forgives you, it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks. He begins to lift you up. He begins to restore your joy. In something the Holy Spirit said to me yesterday. Don't let the leeches suck away your joy. And then he said that and then he said, the banana suckers, they will suck the life of the mother that is standing there until she dies. He said, don't let the suckers suck and suck and suck away your joy. He could fill you up with joy today and every day. And as soon as you get filled with joy, you find the, the joy suckers, the leeches come to pull, take away that joy. They're called familiar spirits. Don't let it happen to you. Hold on to your joy. You have to discern and see them come and know you're not going to take my joy today because the joy of the Lord is my strength. Because if they take your joy, they're taking your, your strength. So don't let the suckers sap away your joy. And I didn't curse. They call a banana a sucker. And the Holy Ghost tell me 
there are some joy suckers who will suck your joy he begins to restore your joy others thought you were down for the count but now you're up and beginning to walk around and you feel the presence of the lord i remember when when i was so down i would walk with my head hang down and the holy spirit said no 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 i want you to raise your head up because i'm giving you joy the joy of the lord is your strength raise your posture up now you have been penitent before the lord you laid before him and now the lord has lifted up your head and given you a glorious victory then when the temptation draws and or tries to draw you back into the world and sin you can say i'm sorry but i can't go back there i can't go i won't go back to the things that i used to be for your presence came and changed me i'm not going back i'm not going back i'm sorry but i can't go back there i just came out of a session with my savior and he has told me that my sins are forgiven i know they were many but i'm so glad that now i'm free i'm so glad jesus set me free i'm so glad jesus set me free i'm so glad he has set me free worship will free you worship will free you listen there are times when i can't find something in this house now all i do is i begin to worship and as i worship oh there it goes here it is worship will free you if someone come and say something in my ear or in my hearing that will make me a little bit depressed who i'm not holding on to that worship worship will lift it worship will free you i told somebody the other day they were in pain i said to them worship the enemy tries to keep us from worshiping and so here she is i know my sins were many but i'm so glad that now i'm free worship will free you the enemy cannot bring an accusation against those who are covered by the blood as you worship the lord lifts you up he is your glory and the lifter up your your head he is your glory and the lifter up of your head he shall cover you with his feathers psalm 91 verse 4 says he shall cover you with his feathers and under his wings you shall take refuge i plead with you keep on worshiping him when you worship him he will clothe you with such splendid adornment that even though you kneel down in ashes you will rise up beautified he gives you beauty for ashes then you will go from the penitent state of asking for forgiveness and giving him thanks to the precious state of standing ready for service you will tell him here i am lord you've been a friend to me and i'm a friend to you 
Now I'm ready for service. Now I'm ready to serve you. It's time for breaking the alabaster box. And so I pray that this teaching this morning will stir something up more in you. Stir up the worship inside of you. Stir it up. The fire has been ignited and the water is not still because now the fire is turned up. The worship is going higher and higher. Father, I thank you for your word, your teaching, Holy Spirit. God, may the hearers of this teaching today apply it. Let us be a, not only hear of the word, but a do of the word. Father, I pray that grace and mercy will overshadow them today. I pray that love will continue to flow through them to others in the name of Jesus. I pray that the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your heart and mind in the name of Jesus. I love you. I pray that you have a blessed day and stay safe. And there is no other name but the name of Jesus. And I won't go back. I won't go back to the things I used to do because I want to pour the anointing of worship on my Jesus, who's the King of Kings. I found a friend. He's the King of my life. And so I crown you, Lord. I pour my worship on you. God bless you. Have a blessed day in the Lord.